You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In today's program, Father Paul continues his discussion of the word field in Genesis, noting that the term has a meaning, a connotation, and a function in the Bible. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Okay, let me quote these texts. The first, Esau, was called the reddish one, Admuni. It's an adjective from Adama. The first came forth red, all his body like a hairy mantle, so they called his name Esau. But then it also, a few verses later, explains the other name of Esau, namely Edom. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red pottage, for I am famished. Therefore, his name was called Edom. You know, Esau was the father of Edom. And thus, Adama is the same Eretz, but under another aspect. Now, in this passage, Genesis 20, unexpectedly, we hear the term Sadeh twice in a row in 27 and 29. To consider this matter as just whimsical on the author's part is preposterous, since two chapters later, and again in a passage dealing with the two brothers, the author links Esau to Sadeh. He comes back to that Sadeh. And you know the story that he was in the field. But then the connection is very clear because you hear that the other facet is the hunting. And thus he is the one that brings life from the earth. Okay? Hunting is different than reaping the animals, because again, according to Genesis 1.30, the animals are fed by the earth. And it's interesting that, especially in Arabic, but already in scriptural Hebrew, the word for hunting and fishing is the same. So you're really looking for food. And you have it in the famous city at the shores of the Lake of Galilee, Beit Saida. Obviously the reference is to the fishing. But if you know the Semitic background, you will see it's the same. But First, it applies to land animals because the human being lives on the land and he has around him animals. 
that he would eat. Okay? Only Sicilians and Greeks and Lebanese are also fishermen. <laughs> but if you are inside, you don't have that. But again, it is for my hearers to realize that it is not simplistic. Oh, I got it, is to hunt. By the way, the verb sub is not from the same root as sadeh. Thank God I noticed that so that my hearers would not combine the two. All I'm saying is that the earth slash Adama is presented as field or sadeh in the sense that it offers food through hunting. And remember that in Genesis 2, the beasts or the animals, the first time they are mentioned, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, haya of the field of the Sadeh, a living being of the field. So already you hear the connection between life and field. Okay? You don't have this immediately in the use of Ares and Adama. It's the Haya, a living creature of the field. And thus, we understand why this field was used in Genesis 25 to speak about Esau as a hunter. So, functionality is very important. And here again, I go back to Genesis 1 that I presented in my most recent book as really the lexicon, the vocabulary establishing chapter of the entire Bible. Although you do not have field in chapter 1, it appears in chapter 2. But already the connection is there. Remember, in my rise of scripture, I say that the authors projected their world, which is the world of chapter 2, the Syro-Arabian wilderness, as being a paradigm for the world of Genesis 1. We have this in the description, lengthy by the way, of the third day. Let's hear it one more time. We don't hear Sadeh field in chapter 1. But we hear the connotation. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. You see, that's the Yabbasha. And it was so, God called the dry land earth. Ares, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let's hear the original even, if it is a little bit tough, but that's what I need my hearer to hear. Let the earth put forth that shape, which is let sprout vegetation, the shape. Notice how the Hebrew, as with Sharat's and share its word. You have a verb and the noun. It's a doubling, very powerful. 
Then notice the following, which is massacred in translations. Plants yielding seed. But in the Hebrew, you have plants mazria zera, seeding seeds. And fruit trees bearing fruit, which is also another massacre, because I take my time to explain the intentionality behind the author's use of fruit trees making fruit, which is the same verb that describes God's action. And that I explained already. It shows the earth as Mother Earth. It does things just by God saying that it should do that. It doesn't need afterwards. And then you have a repetition. The earth brought forth from the root yasa to come on vegetation, plants yielding again, mazria zera, and trees bearing or say. So you have a repetition which is powerful. So it's not just like that. This connotation of earth feeding is very important. And here in the book, I point out that on the sixth day, we have, again, and every tree with seed in its fruit, yielding seed. The Hebrew has zorea, sowing seed, which is a different verbal form than the earlier one, mazria, which was in the effect. And all this is in the original, and it's untranslatable. You have to hear that it makes the fruit and it throws the seed on the earth. Now, another trouble with the translation, and I take my time on that, that, you know, they translate very early Behemah and Hayah as being cattle, and I take my time. It's a disastrous cattle. You open the dictionary, cattle is cattle, which means the sheep are not part of which is ridiculous. And later they translate mikne, which means everything that the human being has acquired as cattle. So you don't know what cattle means anymore in the RSV. Okay? And you miss the connection with the verb kana, which is linked to the name Cain, and it's a disaster. Now, these same animals are referred to as being nefesh haya. So that is obviously not platonic, because the platonic nefesh exists as God does. What do you mean living? But that's the point that is stressed there. It needs this breeze from God's breathing into it. And thus, it parallels kol basar, all flesh. Flesh that is not connected to a breathing is a carcass. That's very important to be aware of. And I go in detail about this catastrophe of translations. Actually, in this book, I critique it that it should be thrown away 
and you have to hear the original. A couple of examples here because I'm dealing with the animals and so on. In 3039, and so the flocks produced young that were striped, speckled, and spotted. During the seven plenteous years, the earth produced. Now you hear produce and produce in RSV. But the first produce in RSV is teladna from yalad, which is give birth to exactly as the human beings. And the second one connected with the earth is produce as hasa. That is unacceptable. Why? Because the author does not like the fact that the animals are like the human beings. There is no other explanation. And this brings me to say, which I discussed in my book, why not, in keeping with the spirit of the original and this wordplay, translate Cain into produce? Because the text tells you that she named him Cain because he acquired him. Then you have the connection. And I give the two examples that are very striking. Abel, which is Haben, the nothingness, the vapor, the pshht. You don't hear it unless you know the original Hebrew. The way only someone who knows Greek can connect audibly, orally, Christos as anointed and Christos or Christos as meek and gentle. And Jesus is given an example of meekness, gentleness, Christotitus. Now, in your book, you need to theologize. You see that Jesus was meek. Well, a Greek doesn't need that. He hears it in the interplay. If the New Testament was not playing on these two words, then obviously you have no right to make it. But it is there already in the original. And thus, you know, the text was addressed to the original hearers and knew the language originally. And, you know, my critique against theology is that in the New Testament, Paul in his letters attacks negatively theology by using words that are negative on the basis of the root of logos, logia. But to go into the translation would take us away from the main topic. Now I would like to go to Sade that suddenly be, becomes extremely important, central to the entire biblical story, beginning with Genesis 23, where you have the story of Abraham trying to buy a field from Ephron the Hittite. Very powerful. Now, the situation of curse that we hear originally regarding the earth and the field and the, will be reversed in Genesis 23. And usually theologians don't speak much about that because they do not want to listen to scripture. It is reversed through the medium of the ultimate assumed enemy, the Hittite. Remember how the Hittites are the basic people among the nations. At the entrance of the earth of the promise, 
first the land or the earth is called the earth of the Hittites only. And then a few verses later, you have the Hittites mentioned with the other nations. The Hittite is the epitome of the outsider, the nations that are surrounding you, but they are threatening you. When in chapter 23, so Ephron is the man of Afar. Notice the link here in this chapter with the dust. Ephron means the man of dust. When the Sade, the field that Abraham wanted to buy, will become Hebron, Hebron, which is the place of full brotherhood. Where repeatedly, and I would like to go in detail on that, Sarah in 23.19, Genesis, Abraham in 25.9.10, Isaac in 35.27-29, Rebecca and Leah 49.31, and Jacob chapters 49 and chapter 50 are buried. But it's very interesting that every time this burial is mentioned, it is mentioned as being the field of Ephraim, the son of Zohar the Hittite. Again and again and again and again until the last chapter where you hear that this place where all the family of Abraham was put together is the field of Ephraim, the son of Zohar the Hittite. Exactly the same phraseology in 23. And the repetition in oral literature, as you know, is of the essence. Here I note in my book, there is a twist against the lovers of theology, beginning with the Jews, that Rachel, Jacob's beloved wife, is buried in Bethlehem, while it is Leah, the less loved and even hated one, as we hear in 21, that ends up with her husband in the field of Ephraim, the son of Zohar If this is not intentional, then what is? Very powerful. Okay, so we see that Sadeh is not just per se, okay, it is the earth to the extent that it gives fruit. No, the author is carrying you that ultimately it is the place where we all are united because ultimately we came from it. But it could be a curse if it is afar, because the dust can be strewn and dispersed. But it can be a blessing if it is put together. That's why the Bible refers to the sand of the sea a couple of times as afar. You see how rich the whole matter is when you submit to the original. You don't just talk. Okay, today, friends, I'm going to 
explain to you in seven minutes, because this is what the seminar is all told to preach, only seven minutes, Sade. You can't. First of all, you have to spend time rereading scripture to your hearers in the original. So, you have a meaning, and you have a connotation, and you have a function. You have a meaning, you have a connotation, and you have a function, a track, the story of that word, which is very important. But again, Sadeh appears early on in Genesis 2.5. Let's hear 2.5, where you have the three nouns put together. When no plant of the field, Sadeh, was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field, Sadeh, had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, heiress, and there was no man to till, which is about to serve the ground, Adama. That's much hysteria. So, I left this until the end to show you that you cannot bring them together because in your mind, uh, I checked Webster, field, ground, uh, yes, and I have a friend whose father is a farmer in Iowa, and he told me, no, no, that's not what you're hearing. North America is not mentioned in Scripture. And that's why I explained in the last chapter of this book, Job Smith was more intelligent than the rest because he realized that the piece of land on which he was living is not mentioned in Scripture, so he made up the book of See? I honored Smith, but I didn't say that I agreed with him. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.